0: Welcome to the Sport Mind podcast series, where I sit down with world leading guests and unlock the secrets to mental strength in sports. Today, before you dive into the episode, I have something special for all listeners. Are you struggling with self doubt, overwhelmed by performance anxiety, battling inconsistency, or facing fear of failure in your sport? Are you looking to overcome these obstacles and conquer the mental game? Well, I've got just the toolkit for you. An ebook I wrote called Overcoming the Top 10 Mental Obstacles in Sport which you can get today completely free of charge. This comprehensive ebook is a treasure trove of practical and actionable strategies tailored for athletes who want to unblock the most common mental obstacles. Each chapter offers digestible advice, providing immediate tools you can apply to enhance your mental game. Readers have been raving about the insights and the transformations they've experienced with this guide. Teresa from California emailed recently saying, your guide is brilliantly helpful. I've just been getting into it and I'm truly excited to use it to help with the obstacles I face regularly. I wrote this ebook to be concise, punchy, and most importantly, practical for immediate application. And the best part, it's completely free. A token of your commitment to your mental and athletic growth. So click on the link in the show notes right now to grab your copy of Overcoming the Top 10 Mental Obstacles in Sport or simply visit the SportMind Hub by Googling SportMind Hub. Equip yourself today with the knowledge and tools to face those mental challenges head-on. Now, let's jump into today's episode and get ready to elevate your mental game to the next level. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to your next episode of the podcast series. Today on the show, I have Bart Weinhoven. Bart wears many different hats, and of particular interest is his mental coaching with elite-level athletes across multiple sports, Bart works with Paul Cole, a world number one squash player, as well as a British Open champion. He also works with volleyball players, footballers, and corporate clients, to name but a few. Before we recorded, Bart and I spoke a lot about how to be as impactful as possible in this episode, and we decided to really hone into two main topics, the ego and the superficial, two very interesting topics for how we can get the best out of ourselves for life as well as sport. He does a great job helping to unpack and to understand at a deeper level what the ego is, how it operates, and how to develop the positive side of the ego. We also discuss the main habits and behaviors he notices with high performers, as well as some great advice about being our true and authentic selves. We also go on to discuss the superficial and how fleeting changes and upgrades to life are really life-changing. Bod was also very keen to express that if listeners wanted to get more practical tools, he would be happy to do this. We go quite abstract in this conversation and I know tools are a good way to try and apply the knowledge you will hear today. So on that note, if listeners are keen for us to record some more content around how to apply what you have heard today, we need you to email us. Please email support at sportmind.org. If we get enough interest and traction, we'll make a playlist of the practical tools for yourselves. The email will be in the show notes also. I hope you enjoy this episode as I thoroughly did and I came away learning a lot and being a lot more aware and ultimately reflecting about labels and how to work on self-awareness in my day-to-day experiences for the better. Please sit back and enjoy. Bart Oven, welcome to the next episode of the podcast series. I'm really good to have you on the show today. We've had a lot of good offline chats. Um, Actually, I think we should have just recorded our offline chats because they were were super fun, man. Um, So listen, I think a, a good place I always like to start is for you to just give a brief introduction to yourself for people that might not know who you are and some of your background. So could you bring us up to speed
1: with some of your professional life and then what you're doing at the moment? Yeah, sure. Uh, great to have, great to be on the show. Like I told you before, and it's my first podcast, so I'm I'm very excited to do one. Actually, it's the first time in a while that I've been a bit nervous. So um, even uh, a mental coach can be nervous, which <laughs> good, good to mention. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot. Of what, what I should maybe what I should share is like there's a lot of stuff that's not that much, that relevant for our conversation. But obviously, I'm a mental coach mm-hmm. so, uh, working with mostly in squash. I'm working with some of the uh, top squash players, but uh, besides squash, I'm also working with some volleyball players, uh, with some uh, soccer players as well. And I do go into business as well, but mm-hmm. as my my uh, my my passion lies with sports, I I tend to have a preference for sports uh, for athletes basically. Nice. Yeah, so that's my main pers- uh, uh, main passion. That's some. Um, that's why I'm so excited to talk about it with you. Also, like we did in our conversations before. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and besides that, I'm 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 national coach for the German uh, women squash mm-hmm. and squash, and I'm running a squash a squash a sports center with a with a restaurant and a wellness area as well. Really cool. And base currently in Hamburg. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, originally, I'm Dutch, but uh, for ten last ten years, I've been uh, pursuing my career here in uh, in Hamburg, Germany. Yeah, mm, nice. And uh, yeah, listen,
0: uh, I little sidetrack here, but obviously, nerves nerves are a great thing. When nerves can be seen in a way that, because it means something, doesn't it? You know, if you're nervous, then you could look at it. Actually, this 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 is important to me, and it's something that's really cool and nice. And you know what? We're not going to talk about nerves today, but actually, that's a whole cool concept and 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 interesting thing in itself. But um what what um we decided Bart and I think what's really cool for the listeners is we're going to really mm-hmm. dig deep and investigate a couple of topics and so rather than going really broad which which sometimes I do on the podcast we're going to really try and narrow ourselves down and, and 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 test ourselves with this because some of the stuff you told me around the couple of concepts I think are really really cool so um we're going to start with the ego the ego is is one of the big topics we're going to talk about today and yeah. i suppose my my first question to kick us off is um how the ego maybe can contribute both positively and negatively to our lives and all we do. So you can start with that. If that's a good way to start, maybe you
1: want to define the ego. So what comes to mind when I say the ego? Um, I think maybe, maybe already a funny thing to mention is like, especially for our listeners, like, um, apparently when you're listening to this podcast, your ego is not gone. So, so maybe one, one thing to mention, which is funny for, for you guys listening is that, um, your ego at this moment is listening to our conversation and is already filtering our conversation through, through one of the, fil- there's a lot of filters which we can elaborate on, but one of the filters is, um, do I agree? Or is it correct what this guy is saying? So if you wanna really enjoy this podcast, I think answer this question, uh, don't like leave this question blank for now. So don't agree or disagree with whatever we're, we're talking about in this in this in this podcast. But just listen to it like it's a it's a joke, basically, like as a, for a good example, is always, which I give in my training is like, if you do jokes and you, and you start the joke with a duck enters a bar to get a drink. <laughs> okay. Nobody's going to tell you, uh, sorry, uh, ducks don't go to bars, you know. So so maybe I think the, the first step would be like, take this podcast as a joke. So don't take everything serious that we say my truth work, truth worked for, work for me for it works for my athletes yeah. whether you agree whether you disagree i think think that's relevant right now
0: that's cool so, i like that i've never by the way that's the first time anyone's ever said that and i love it so like <laughs> for being a podcast
1: virgin that's a great start by the way well done man <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks thanks man um so yeah ego ego um i think first of all i think it's important to know like what like what i find ego mm-hmm. like for me ego, i mean ego comes from the latin word i so it just means so for me, ego is everything centered around Bart, like or Jesse or whoever's listening. Like your name is basically a, a collection of your ego. So in that sense, some people call it your mind. Some people call it your your I identity. There's a lot of words for it, but for me, it's basically everything revolving around you as a person. So mm-hmm. when you're saying, I every sentence you start with I, is basically your ego talking. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe funny remark is that you'll see that 95% of your sentences start with I. So then you know that 95% of, of the time when you're talking, it's not you talking, but your mm. ego. So that might be a, a nice observation. Yeah.
0: And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but but um, Sigmund Freud, uh, ego, ego, super ego, id, I believe that was all part of what he came up with the word ego, not, I suppose it's Latin, but where does Sigmund Freud play a part in, in ego and the definition of ego for you? uh
1: to be honest i never make it that difficult like yeah. i mean of course i i read read stuff from from sigmund freud but i try to keep it as simple as possible mm-hmm. because like i mean we overcomplicate life anyway so let's you know mm-hmm. let's just stick to the, the so for me ego and the word i that's that's all to it for me like if, if i start a sentence with i or if i say bart or if i say my house my wife my you know then i already that's enough for me to indicate hey Oh, I got to be careful now. Now it's not me speaking, but my ego. Interesting.
0: So, so do you go about your day-to-day life and, and try to have that awareness? Is, is that something that you're
1: really tuned into now? I mean, if you're passionate, I mean, anyone who's passionate about something like whether it be sports or whether it be business life. I mean, for me, mental coaching is is a 24 seven job or like not a job hobby basically, or, or a calling or a passion. Mm-hmm. So even if I don't want to, I'm, I'm always, I'm always, yeah, always thinking about it, always reflecting, even if I'm speaking to, it sounds a bit freaky, but I guess all of us passionate people are a bit strange. <laughs> if, even if I'm having conversation with friends, there's always still my, my reflection going on at the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah that's really interesting. And yeah, I, I resonate with that big time. So the positives and negatives of ego you know i think ego in maybe the western world and, and the modern world we see this as going oh he's got such a big ego and that's that's seen as maybe a real negative thing but it mm-hmm. can be negative and positive so so can you help explain to me and the listeners like why ego is such an important part of of obviously of us of i and how this lends to really good performance because ultimately that's that's what we're trying to talk about today is people listening going how can i be better in my performance environment whether that's a ceo of a business and an athlete or someone studying for exams so problems yeah. and negatives of ego what, what's your thoughts there
1: um yeah i mean let, let's take a one like small sp- small step back uh, for me like for me and that's why i'm why I'm saying like this is not the the this is not like a, how do you say like a general truth this is my truth or my mm-hmm. philosophy it's like Ego is I. So if there's no I, it would be very difficult to like you need an ego. You need like, like you get, you're born as a baby and you just, you know, you, there's nothing there. There's just like you, 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 you open your eyes, you start crying. You, you're, you're shitting your pants, but you don't even know you're shitting. You're, you're, you might be smiling, but you don't even know smiling. You don't even mm-hmm. know what a mom is, what a dad is. So if we would stay that way without e the, that's the egoless state. If we would stay like that, it's, it's very hard to like to have a society, to to talk to each other. to so, so so what I'm trying to say is like, as soon as you start learning words like mom, dad, good, bad, that's when your ego starts building. And then it's mm. going to be you, me, and you know, there's going to be a clear definition between the world and me. And then there's the world, mom, dad, and me. And then there's the world, uh, uncle, uh, grandma, etc And so we keep dividing, dividing the world all the time until it makes sense for us but as a, as a same result obviously we we're, we're building an ego at the same time mm. so getting back to your question um we need the ego we need to we need to be able to define ourselves and and i define myself by i'm bart i'm 41 years old i'm i give myself the label mental coach i give myself the label husband i give myself the label father and all these labels make me make me a person, make me someone you can meet up with, make me, makes me someone you can talk to. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, we all need this in order to distinguish the whole world, basically. Mm. Um, but on the other hand, it's it, it, like the positive thing is it separates us from other people. So it's actually, we're able to live basically. Yeah, and totally. But on the other hand, we, we, the The more we get separated, we shouldn't forget that there's still a connection between all of us, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, so like it might it, that's that's why we see so many people being lonely or 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 scared, for example. It's always the feeling like I'm by myself, I'm able to fail. I'm able to fuck up. You know, like mm-hmm. it's always it's it's me it's i who's able to do something wrong so that's the, for me that would be the negative side but but then again if there's no ego there's no you so if there's no bart then how are we able to even have this conversation basically mm-hmm.
0: no re- really really well put and and, and explained and yeah we're going to keep going down this this rabbit hole to to unpack it because for me what i'm doing i'm sitting here i'm i'm i'm, I'm absorbing i'm understanding and this is great because uh, this is I, i'm i've got a like a semi awareness of it but but actually someone like you who deals with this a lot i, I think it's going to be mm-hmm. really interesting so when you working with your athletes and when you're coming to, I suppose, let's look at the performance environment. Yeah. I, I assume you, you're, you're speaking to your clients or your athletes quite a lot about the ego. You're checking in with the ego or is it not that much of a conversation? How, how much do you bring this into your coaching?
1: Um, I think we, we have to be aware that like ego is your mind as well. So it's like, The more we're like, if we're talking, we're basically always talking mind to mind or head to head. I don't know how to put it correctly, but like, then it's just like egos talking to each other. So Mm -hmm. yeah, like even the funny thing is like, like I mentioned before with the labels we put on ourselves, for example, being a, a man or a woman or a guy, you know, like a professional squash player, for example, a funny example is like a lot of squash players play really well until they start to call themselves a professional player. So just by putting the label I'm now a professional squash player suddenly they feel the pressure because they're they're professional and they need to act professional and and uh, eat professional and you know so so every label you put on yourself or on other people makes it a bit more complicated so if I speak with my athletes the first thing that's the first concern I have is that they don't see me as a mental coach and I don't see them as a client okay so the, the only like the easiest way or the best way to have a conversation first of all is to make sure that that we are both in our direct experience, so not like in a theoretical basis, but in a direct experience, it's just like two idiots talking to each other. <laughs> like because the, in the end, that's all we are. you know, like we just we all just get born and we, we do something on this planet and then we die again. So yeah so there's, there shouldn't be a difference between somebody's rich, poor, black, white, whatever. So if we can get to the essence of just talking on a human level, without seeing me like oh this is bard he's the mental coach of the world number 2 at the moment you know then you're already putting such a label on me that it's mm. it's really hard to connect with you because well you put me on a on a pedestal and you think you're down there
0: interesting in that interesting. sense i
1: always leave these things as out as much as possible and i try to focus on the direct experience so if a player says i'm scared or i'm afraid or i'm i'm nervous you know like then we we're, we we're, dig- we're, we're tapping into like okay this is your direct experience so your direct experience or your emotions are telling me something about the situation. Your mind can tell me a lot of things like you don't need to be nervous because you're a great guy, but you can say that, but you'll still feel nervous. Mm. So, so I, I normally rather skip the, skip the bullshit and just, Ask like, okay, what, what are you feeling? What what what's going on? What are you experiencing? Even if you have a match, the ref was shit. Yeah, that's fine if the ref was shit, but how did you feel during the match? Yeah, well, I was I was fucking pissed off. Well, okay, mm-hmm. you're pissed off. Okay, so and then we dig into that feeling and then we try to investigate, like, okay, this feeling always stems back from the ego because that's the one who ignites some kind of emotion, and then we start investigating your ego. So 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 we start we start from a different point of view to get to the same to the same place which you're targeting. But if yeah. you go the other way around, then it's gonna be a theoretical conversation. Mm. And let's let's be honest, there's so many people who want to stop smoking, so many people who want to lose weight, and there's like millions of books, self-help books about it. Well, I can assure you that 99% of the people who read one of these books is not losing weight or is not, okay. stopping, not able to quit smoking. So so this theoretical point of view doesn't work anyway. And,
0: and that's probably part of the, the maybe a little bit of the second conversation we might have about the superficial, but um, w- we can touch on that now or maybe stay with, with the, I don't know if there's a separate thing, but I just want to repeat what I'm hearing just for my understanding and, and also for the listeners. Yeah, sure. So sure. when you work with that initial client, you're really trying to strip down all barriers. That's the first thing I'm hearing. You kind of go, you don't want to see, again, if you're working with a world champion or world number one, because I know you do, you work with the mm. top of the top. Mm. You also don't want to see them as the label of this great athlete. Is that correct? you both, you both trying to get on the same level. Is that the starting point I'm hearing you say?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and, and it's, it's, it's really good that you're mentioning this because um, I think even for a, for a normal coach, if you're not a, not a mental coach, but just like a squash coach, soccer coach I, said, I think for me always that the, the greatest challenge lies in me, not, not labeling my player as a, as a world champion for example mm-hmm. so I, if if i see my player as a world champion or as a professional then i know i have work to do because as long as i see him like that i'm creating a, a barrier between me and him until i am able to see him just like like i said just as the stupid guy i am or the mm-hmm. you know like the you know the the the, the simple human being i'm being if i see him that way then we're able to have a conversation so so and i I think that's not only for mental coach but even for a squash coach as well
0: yeah totally. your
1: your player is never going to be able to to listen to you if you're seeing your player on a different level as you Mm -hmm. are but but
0: does that not even go into like all areas of life even if you're not a coach even if you are you know you're you're in a workplace environment and and you know the idea of like because because I suppose the world is set up for labels and functionality and maps and the shoppers, you know, brands and all of these things. And, and what I'm hearing you say is it's a constant process in our mind to maybe try and not ignore that narrative, but to slightly reverse it and slightly bring it down a couple of notches. Is that correct thinking?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, so, I mean, that's why I said before, like I'm doing it in sports, but if I, if I do like a, let's say a three day uh, workshop with one of my players, the results obviously are not going to be just on sports level because mm. it's the same guy. It's the same ego that steps on squash court or steps on a soccer pitch is the same guy who's going to go home to his wife. So if, if, if you improve your performance, you're also going to improve your conversations with your wife, for example. Mm. And so that it works. It works always. Way, all yeah. Mm. And,
0: and I was going to then ask, I'm glad you mentioned that the, the idea of compartmentalizing. So, you know, you might have a, a human being say they are top, top professional. I know I'm labeling here, but top professional, and they do everything right in their sporting endeavors, but this their their life outside of that is is terrible. Like their relationships with their friends and family, they don't care, they are arrogant, they maybe walk around the world in a certain viewpoint of themselves ultimately over time, that's not going to lend to good performance, even though they're being a hundred percent professional in their sporting life, but in mm. their normal day to day life, they're, they're, they're going
1: all over the place. What do you think of that? Uh, well, I mean, I think like the, there has to be a clear definition for me, like what is successful, you know, like if, if, I mean, if you ask me and, and it's good that we're having this podcast and nobody's able to intervene, so I, <laughs> you know, we can just mention our opinions. But for me, like if, if you're going to be a world champion, look if you're gonna be world champion but you haven't seen your family for 20 years or you haven't been a good dad to your kid for the last 15 years or you haven't been a good husband to your wife for the last 15 years then if you ask me you're not successful Mm. like for for me like my goal if I if I work with people it has to be a win-win situation which means everybody has to benefit from what you're doing if 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 me if me uh, training 24 7 and it makes my wife unhappy it's not a win-win situation so then apparently we need to find that there is a situation where everybody gains mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as long as we keep thinking in like um in uh in, in black and white in plus and minus one if if i make more money uh then somebody else cannot make as much money as me you know always this there's always this this dichotomy like yeah if if this guy has more than I then somebody else need to have have less and that's that's I don't agree with this paradigm I I I feel like there are there's always a win-win situation which means if I make more money you will also make more money Mm. so it's like if if not everyone gains in this process then we all lose so either Mm. we all win or we all lose so so in that sense yes a lot of athletes do become world champion and and Neglect the, neglect the rest of their life but for me that's that's a suboptimal situation if if we don't all yeah like i said if we don't all win nobody wins basically mm-hmm. so
0: how do you help an athlete get that balance right because i think that's a really important conversation we can have is, is around the lines of I, I can imagine you've seen this but like a win at all costs mentality an athlete comes to you going right but you're, you're the man you want you're going to take me to this level and that's my my big thing in life and they see that as such a you know, they're going to reach happiness when they reach that ranking or that level of that status. And as we know, I think <laughs> that that's really the case, isn't it? You know, there's yeah, so yeah. many other things. So how do you help the athletes rebalance that? Because is that conversations with them? Is that presenting them different ways to look at the, the world? Like it's, yeah, it, I love what you said about if, if, if you win, I lose, but I, I've got to win to make you lose. That, that's such a difficult thing. So how do you get that balance working?
1: I mean, for me, it starts off with with, with the wish of of my athlete. I mean, let, let's be honest. Like, what if you set the goal? I want to be world champion. Like, I the the sentence starts with I, so it's your ego saying I want to be world champion. So for me, the first question would be, why is it so important to be world champion? Why can you not just enjoy sports and your life, etc., as it is now? Like, what 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 inside of you has this absolute urge to be the best in the world? You know. Mm-hmm. Is it is it for you like Monopoly like like you play Monopoly with friends and we're just gonna kick each other's asses for fun? Is that the reason why you want to be world champion or is there something you think like you said before? If I'm world champ- champion, then I'm good enough. Then my mm-hmm. ego can be satisfied. Then my family is gonna be proud of me, etc. If that's like if there's always gonna be some kind of like uh, secondary reason mm-hmm. underneath obviously these people who say I want to be world champion are just super passionate about what they do. But normally like in the background, there's this, this secondary reason uh, lifting along, you know, which is inside, Oh, if I achieve this goal, then, you know, then I'm finally like a great person. People will admire me. People will look up to me. So I think it's important to, to, to identify this reason. So we at least can be honest about what, what we're trying to achieve. And like you said, and then you can also have the conversation. Okay. Well, let's be honest. You you're world number twenty now, okay. You're still not happy, but you weren't happy when you were a hundred. So what yeah. what makes you believe number one is going to make you happy? You know. So so then then we're and and if we cut can cut this out and we can see that okay, becoming world number one is not going to make me more happy. Like Monopoly is not going to make me a, a better person in the end, but I still fucking love it. So well mm. well then we can still try to get, go for world number one. At least we don't have the illusion that is gonna make us feel a lot better than we do now. Mm. I mean, of course, sorry to to finish off the sentence, like, um, of course, if you win the jackpot or if you become world number one, of course, you're gonna be happy for a while. You know, you're gonna be floating and you're gonna be, oh, I'm so rich now, I can buy whatever I want. But the funny thing is after a few weeks, you might be more depressed than, than before winning because then the high is over and you're back to normal life and and you'll see nothing change in the end.
0: Hundred percent. I don't know if you've seen that study where they've they've looked at lottery winners where people have won the lottery and they've become they become bankrupt and and because they get and and like they, what it was trying to measure is. Our, our base level of happiness always returns to a our base level. Whether we have success or even tragedy in our life, we yeah. tend to get closer to that baseline level of our happiness. It was done in like the 70s and 80s, I think. And it was a really interesting study around yeah. this. And, and, and that sounds like something you're speaking about, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I think I mentioned it last time when we just spoke off, offline, basically. It's like, uh, it, it's funny, like everybody thinks, like all these famous actors are are the most like successful. They're they're well known. They have the most follower base on Instagram or wherever. I, th- I already heard that Instagram is already like secondary. I think there's new pro- platforms coming up. Some are okay. not like catching along, but like <laughs> and then su- suicide rates are highest in Hollywood. So like okay, so this is the place where people are supposed to be happiest because they're most successful, the richest people, etc apparently something is not right about this, about this philosophy because mm. yeah, otherwise so many people wouldn't be committing suicide over there.
0: Well, it reminds me of um, comparison is the thief of joy. It's a statement I like to use. Comparison is the thief of joy. And maybe there's just so much comparison. It's like, you know, you're in this, in this area where you can see everyone else's life, maybe through a lens, through a filter of Instagram, TikTok, whatever. Yeah. And your 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 life never feels good enough. You there's yeah. always someone and something better. It's it's called by well, what I've discovered, the, the hedonic treadmill or hedonic adaptation. You know, you're yeah. always trying to strive to that next thing when you reach it. Yeah, you might get the dopamine hits and the happiness for that little bit, but yeah. it returns to baseline and then you need to go again. It's almost like drug addicts. It's it's an addiction, isn't it? Where you're chasing this
1: thing the whole time. And um yeah, yeah what any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I I completely agree. And that's also for me, one of the most important reasons I'm in, I'm into mental coaching. Like if I, if I, I mean, to be honest, if you ask me, I think our world nowadays is absolutely fucked up. It's fucked up completely. I mean, and I'm not even talking about the wars like that, like the wars that are going on in in, in Africa or also the Ukraine, Russia war, et cetera. That's, that's, that's pretty bad. But, but even like on a, on a, on a daily basis, I mean, uh, we always just put our best faces on Instagram, and we we all look so happy and we all look so satisfied. But I think, like that, for me, it's just like a playboy, and I'm not sure how to put it in English. But it's like it's 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 like we're acting all day long. Yeah, yeah. Like when when are we ever gonna be real with each other? And and that's that's what makes that that's what concerns me. Like. Yes, we all look great. Like I can make a great picture, even though, like, with all the filters and and even you know, like, even if the weather and the lighting is good, everybody can make a beautiful picture, and I can get some some likes, etc. But nobody ever shows their real face. Mm. And then there's this funny thing. There's there's now this new app. One of my young young players showed me. It's called Be Real. Okay, not heard of. it. It's and and this is actually trying to um, overcome it a bit. Like you get a, a notification like once a day, and you have to make a, a photo on the spot. Cool. And it makes okay. a photo from both sides, so from the front camera and the back camera, and 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 the the idea of the of the of the app developer is like to 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 have like a more real picture. That's why like it's called that. be real. I like. And that. the funny thing is like you're not able to choose your environment because like if it, it, it pops up and you're you're say oh shit now I have to make mm. a picture, and the, the funny thing is like even within this app, you see that people are still managing around it, so they're able to put like a good picture. So yeah. So that's what I mean about the current state of the, of the world. And that's why I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, like I'm just a stupid idiot, like in a sense, and, and that sounds very negative, but I, what I'm trying to say is like, I love myself for, mm-hmm. for whatever I am, whether it be my good sides or my bad sides. And, and I know I'm not better than somebody else. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like if we can get this across, like my relationship, even like people always think like, Oh, you're a mental coach. Your relationship must be perfect. Or your, your, your relationship with other people must be perfect. Oh, no, if, if I'm with my parents for a week, man, I'm, I'm crying to go home, you know, like, or, or I fight with my wife as well. So, you know, we just need to be honest that we all share the same problems. And it's yeah. not like any one of us is happy all the time, basically. Mm.
0: No, really, really well said and really well described. That app sounds really clever, by the way. I like that because, because uh, again, we've got just this forward-facing lens most of the time. And, and actually, there could be dishes and destruction around our house and everything <laughs> i quite like that it takes a photo both
1: ways i think that's really clever. Yeah, but the, the, the funny thing is like that the idea is great but people are so yes. like or like let let because we were talking about ego the ego is so so focused on looking good yeah. looking successful looking pretty looking whatever that even with these apps people are so so smart that they that they directly find a way to circumvent it. So they yeah. th- directly find a way to still make it look good. Hmm, so, so the initial, the, the for me personally, I mean, I'm not such a so, social media and stuff guy, but for me already the app miserably failed, but not because the app failed, because we humans, humans. showed that, that we failed basically. Mm, wow, that's quite powerful.
0: And um, it, what I'm hearing you say there there's a lot of judgment there's a, and, and we, we maybe put such value in other people's opinions of us. And ju- and, and like, what are people going to say? If I react in this way, if I do this thing like this and I'm, I'm linking it back to sport now, mm-hmm. it's going, okay, well, if I perform like this, then I'm, I'm going to be seen as a higher member of my tribe. I'm going to be seen in a better way. And those yeah. are then all the stories we're telling ourselves. So kind of a question I have for you linked to ego, linked to sport, yeah. How would you help an athlete that's, it's almost like a loss loss. And what I mean by that, if this athlete does well, mm-hmm. they they just expect to do well because they've been told they, you know, from whether their parents or the environment that they just, you know, even if they do something really good, it's almost just like, oh, well, I was meant to do good. But if they do bad, it's like, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, I told like I, I told you so, or, you know, I failed because everyone expected me to do really well. So I don't know if I'm kind of, I'm, I'm asking the question in the right way, but if, no. an athlete that. You know, can never find satisfaction whether they've done something really good or you know, and, and they don't find satisfaction with that. Obviously, but they don't yeah. find well. Obviously, they don't. Some find satisfaction when they're bad. Any uh, thoughts on that? What,
1: what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I kind of touched upon this the the, the superficial side of I. I you, I, I mean, it, it looked like it came from me, but you were also talking about superficial. Like, that's, that's the label you put on it after we, we spoke about mm-hmm. it for a while. Like, there's the ego and there's a the superficial part. And mm-hmm. uh, 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 maybe it needs a bit more clarification for your listeners because, so, so, um, what I'm trying to say is like, uh, as I said before, my ego is me and me is Bart and my age and my education and my upbringing and my surroundings and my. The 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 status on my bank account and like everything that I, I am or I mm-hmm. have de- determines my ego. Um, um. So so. The the the, the it's it's so hard to to explain it in a few words. But, um, if the way I act is is correlated with with my age, is correlated with my financial status, is correlated mm-hmm. with me being single or married or everything. So what I'm trying to say is like, my philosophy is all humans act the same you just have to look at where they come from and you understand them it's a bit like if you if you if you put a dog in a corner he'll bite Mm -hmm. logically because he feels attacked and that's the same for human beings so if you if if i would have the same upbringing as you if i would have the same age as you if i like if i would have everything the same as you have then i would be acting the same like jesse for example
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so so what I'm trying to say is like, I'm not sure if you are, if your listeners know the Matrix, the movie. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, may, maybe we're at that generation where we grew up with it and watched it. Maybe the younger ones might not know it so much, but yeah, let, let, for, for argument's sake, let's say everyone knows the Matrix. Uh,
1: let, let, let's put it maybe another example. What a colleague of mine used is, is like, you can look at your life like a fishbowl, you're a fish swimming in a bowl. Mm-hmm. And this bowl is made up of, of, of like your world. Mm-hmm. And, and and you're swimming in your own world, but like you can only change as much as you can within the bowl. So you can change, uh, you know, all the small. You can change some stones. You can you can put like an extra figure in the world. You can mm-hmm. you can swim a few meters and and then then you you, know, then you have to turn around again. So for me, the superficial things. So that that's was your initial question in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's like you're always confined to the bowl, mm. to the to the, the fishbowl, or or in the matrix. If you're in the matrix you're able to do whatever you can, but you're still in the matrix. Yep. So, so for me, there's, there's, there's superficial things you can do. You can go about is there's, I mean, go to the library and, or Amazon and get you some books, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Do, there's visualization, there's meditation, there's all this stuff, but it still confines you to the bowl, to the fishbowl, or you're still in your matrix with your background and your upbringing, etc. So if you really want to make a difference, you got to break out of the ball. You have to change the ball. You have to break out of the matrix mm-hmm. and then change your matrix all, all in itself. And then you can go back in and, and, and do what you do. Mm, I like that. that. That's a good analogy. Um, have you seen The Truman Show
0: with Jim Carrey? Have you seen that film?
1: Uh, I, I'm not sure. I, 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 a colleague of mine mentioned it to me. a Yeah, long time ago, I think I didn't see it yet. It's very I, similar
0: to what you said. He lives. It's almost like Big Brother is watching. It's a TV show where he lives in this this almost this dome. He doesn't know it, right? But everyone there is yeah. he's living, And then one day he discovers he gets like to the edge of the dome, or some things start happening that aren't quite right. And it's yeah. and then he breaks out of the dome, and it's it's brilliant film because it really is like a mind bending kind of going wow. So everything we believe in our life. you know what it's almost got like this this edge to it and and it's like when you can break out of that and actually make make a change like you said that's where the real impact gets made and yeah his his whole life has just been a basically a setup uh, which is which is kind of scary and that's almost even though it's i think it's about 20 years old the film now it's almost a commentary for what's going on with social media it's kind of like this this crazy world that we're, we're 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 creating our our superficial goldfish bowl as you said And all we're doing is we're moving the pieces within that. But actually, we're not making, I suppose, groundbreaking strides in a way. So is that kind of correct in what you were saying in a way? Is that link a little bit?
1: Yeah, yeah. First of all, I'll, I'll promise to you and to your listeners, I'll, I will watch the Truman Show this <laughs> this week for sure, because I promised a lot of people to watch it and I, I will now. So I, now you convinced me to actually. Do it.
0: <laughs> Good. Anyone listening would we'll be like, these two kind of crazy dudes talk about the Matrix and the Truman Show. I thought we are linking for a mind <laughs> podcast, but hey, these are the conversations that I, I think are really valuable, man. Um,
1: uh, yeah, sorry. What was your question? You oh, no, the, the
0: question? The, again, the, the I suppose like um, what, an athlete that's struggling with I suppose the validation of what they're doing, like even if they do well, it's almost not good enough because they they're continually expected to better and better and better of themselves. Um, you know, how, how would you work with an athlete to to just check in on this or rebalance it for them to, you know, so rather than thinking that it almost feels like these athletes don't ever see any small wins. You know, everything yeah. either needs to be a big, massive, groundbreaking win and that's yeah. what's, and they need to keep doing that. But as we know, that's not real life, is it? Yeah. So how would you yeah. get an athlete to balance that, do you think?
1: Yeah, like like I said a few few minutes before, I think like the first step needs to be like, first of all, they have it needs to be willing because if you're so obsessed by reaching your goal, you're not going to listen to me anyway. Mm-hmm. That's also why I said in the beginning, guys, if you listen to this podcast, don't listen through this guy's wrong or this guy's right. What is he talking about? If you can, so, and that's the same for this, this question, like this, this situation, if my athlete is not open for change, then, you know, we'll, we'll just do, we'll just go along and, you know, we'll see at some point, he'll realize it mm-hmm. latest when he gets to world number one, he'll realize that uh, that wasn't worth it. Or after his seventh loss and and getting to world number nine and being all depressed and stuff, then maybe Daniel then start listening. So mm-hmm. For me, I'm always pretty happy when my players lose because that's the time they're going to listen to me. Mm. Um, so how, if they're open to listen, then for me, like it, it, it might be a bit of a bold statement, but it's my opinion anyway. And and let's hope it's it's not going to go 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 viral. But like for me, it's you are always the problem. Mm-hmm. It's always you who is the problem, whether you're in a company and and the boss and if a general manager of the company comes to me and says, "Ah, oh, my employees are are inefficient and they're so stupid." Well, you're the problem. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so it's kind of a, a bold statement, but I feel like if no, it makes sense. If you, you like, like I said before, with with losing weight or stuff, it, actually losing weight is pretty easy. It's it's just putting less stuff in your mouth. That I mean, if 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 I ask you like pick up this pen, you know, I'll, I'll pick up the pen. You know, like that's that's not hard. So if I tell you to not pick up the pen, I'll just leave it there. So mm-hmm. losing weight is the simple fact of not picking up food and putting it in your mouth. So this this the action itself is very, very easy, but apparently it's not that easy because otherwise everybody would succeed. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm trying to say you're the problem, and and people don't take this this personal. But like, and that's that's where I always go with my my with my athletes. It's like, okay, you're the problem. You're not able to leave the pan on the table. So what what urges you to do this? And then we crack open the ego and go in there. So nice. For me, it's not never quick fixes. For me, it's always, I always sit down with my athletes for at least two, three days because it's super hard to circumvent everything you are like, what what am I if I'm not Bart and dad and whatever I am? So so if to have this conversation, all labels need to be stripped for at least a day and then we can self-reflect on why is the guy called Bart actually doing this? Mm, that's
0: powerful man that's but par- and i bet that that leads to some quite difficult conversations and and kind of you know like if you had some difficult uh, chats with your with your clients around this yeah i mean it's always
1: difficult it's it's never going to be easy but at least it's going to be real you know like mm. that's that's if i start one of my my workshop it's always like okay man to be honest and i of course i'm not taking, like i'm not talking about them but just in general okay we're acting all day long i mean mm. if you if you go out of the house and you see your neighbor you see that automatically you start smiling like hi guy even though you feel shit at the moment you know mm-hmm. so so my my first um, call out to my my athletes when i start working is okay let's at least be real for these three days mm-hmm. you can go back to acting the rest of your life and you can tell your wife you love her, even though you don't or even though you're, you're you think somebody else is more attractive you can do that that's fine but at least in these three days let's the rest of your life you can fake it but these three days let's let's go to the the honest ugly truth Mm -hmm. and then we can make some huge huge Mm improvements yeah i see so you've said a couple of things that i want to
0: pick on a few threads here um and we might just slowly go into the superficial side here um so you talked about that goldfish bowl which i think is a really good analogy Uh, how do you break out of the goldfish bowl so there's the superficial stuff which i think again the self-help books and those things, they might help. They might help a little bit, but it's not going to make really big groundbreaking changes. How do you think you get people understanding that some of these things are superficial, but real, real work needs to happen in regard to breaking out that, that goldfish ball, break out the matrix?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the realization comes with the fact that it hurts. I mean, it just hurts to be, like, if it doesn't hurt enough, that's why I mentioned the example of losing. If it doesn't hurt enough yet, then I'm just waiting for my player to lose another few matches mm. until it hurts so much that he's either going to quit or he's going to think like, okay, something needs to change. And, and, and that's, that's the starting point. So, and, and if that's the case, then we can start working and, and is it easy? No, it's definitely not easy, but that's why, I'm, that's, that's why I'm there. As, that That's my job basically, you know? So mm. that, that's, that's why we do the real work, but it starts with realizing that it's like, like we said also in the beginning, I think, if it's a win-lose situation, if you gain a, a, at some area in life and you lose in some other area in life, it's just a matter of how how long does the, the, the successes outweigh the cost? Exactly. And I'm just, as a mental coach, I'm just waiting, or also as a human, I'm just waiting for the costs to outweigh the, the wins or the successes, because then we can finally have this chat about, hey... Dude, what? I'm not happy. Oh, oh, you're not happy. Well, you look pretty happy because your bank account is 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 enormous. Mm-hmm. But he's not never going to do that as, until the Rolex still satisfies him. Mm-hmm. Till the Rolex gets just a shitty object, and he mm-hmm. still mentions he's not happy. Well, then we're finally able to speak. Exactly, exactly, and and yeah, it's it's
0: it's such an interesting one that because I spoke with um an ex cricketer, which I thought was really interesting. He mentors a lot of young athletes now as well. And no matter how much you as a mental coach or, or maybe the advice people get, it might be the best advice in the world, right? But sometimes they've still got to live through that experience, don't they? Like that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. I think knowledge, we can yeah. sit here and someone listening might go, oh, yes, these two guys, I'm really understanding what they're saying. And that's going to make a difference in my life. But ultimately, until they've actually lived through it themselves, they might, yeah. and what this cricketer was saying was going... You can't force someone to do it. At the end of the day, can you? You can't. You can. Yeah. You can present them with the buffet table of things, yeah. but yeah. ultimately, they've got to make their mistakes and then come to the realization themselves. Is that along the lines that you think
1: also? Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that's also. I mean, maybe I forgot to mention in the beginning, but that's also the reason we have the ego. I mean, if everybody gets kids, you know, when you get, or like not everyone, but I mean, when you get kids, your parents. So my parents. So their grandparents are always trying to give advices and like, Oh no, you need to raise your kid this way and that way. But just the experience of making the mistakes yourself and, and, and the baby crying and then, ah, shit, I, I, I I, I gave him a candy to be quiet and that was wrong. And, you know, like all these experiences, that's what makes life life, you know, to have these experiences and you need the losing experiences or or the bad experience to, to appreciate the good ones as well. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, it's, Everybody just has to go through this roller coaster uh, ride called life, and it's only yeah. it only is fun because we're scared at the at the top of the roller coaster, and we're happy when we're down, basically. Yeah, yeah.
0: And but- um, the, the the Stoics, I, I talk a lot about the Stoics. They they talk about this thing called amor fati, which is a love of one's fate, and how they say it: it's mm-hmm. suffering and loss is necessary in life. It's not just something that we have to we have to accept it but we have to actually actually accept it willingly because that is part of our wisdom growing isn't it and that's part of you know if we try living a life where everything's padded with cotton wool and you know if you you're raising your kid to say don't touch that dirt obviously you can give advice or you know don't do this obviously you need a safety element here but they they're not going to they're not going to um, inoculate themselves. They're not going to have any an immune system in their body and their mind until they've gone through that process, haven't they? And I think that's a really strong way to look. I think sometimes in the world we live in, we're trying to cotton wool and pad everything so nicely But yeah. it's like, man, you know what? You're just setting people up for failure if that's the case, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, let's be honest. If if you if you would look like from a distance to the Earth, you can com- you can compare humans with ants. You know, we all think especially our ego thinks we're all very important and very influential, et cetera. But if you, if you take like a, a broader view, then how much do we have to say, you know, like that you see with, 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 if there's a, if there's a decent rainstorm or a decent tsunami, then we're all gone, you know, like, so, so in that mm. sense, I think we're so limited in, in what we're able to do as a, as a person, it might look very big from your point of view, but if you zoom out a little more then mm. yeah, the question, whether we're that, influential is is highly questionable mm-hmm. and i
0: on that i think that's really powerful because doesn't that give your athletes or people you work with almost a superpower if they can see life in that way does it not reduce the stakes of what is like really important yes you're in the world championship final and okay you need to maybe tag and label it's a big event maybe you don't i want to hear what you yeah. think on this but then kind of when you zoom out and you go think about all the, the Roman armies that have marched and conquered the world in the, previously and think about all the future stuff that's going to happen. You know, yeah. your your little thin slice of 45 minutes, yeah. <laughs> does it really matter in the big picture? Yeah,
1: exactly. And, and but I mean, like that's, if, if you tell it to someone, that's, that's like getting a, reading a book, right? So then it's mm. just a theoretical, like it's something like, then he knows, he knows his mind knows what you're seeing and he understands it. But in his de- direct experience, when he goes on court or when he goes on the soccer pitch, he still feels the direct experience is still like, fuck, it's nice that Bart told me that it doesn't matter, but I'm still scared as shit now, you know? Mm. So that's what I'm referring to. Like being theoretical is one thing, but to be to be actually feeling it and living that way is something else. And how do you get to
0: that next point then? I, I think it might be pretty obvious that you just got to go and experience it. So you can present the theoretical and I assume you do this with your clients. You, you know, you have to present the theoretical and, and get them to understand it. Yeah. But then, how do you, how do you get to that next point do you think what what does that make sense what i'm asking
1: yeah yeah i mean i mean i, I think that the first the first uh, observation should be that you're not able to change it because it's you who wants to change it and the you who wants to change it is your ego and your ego doesn't want to change itself because if you if you if you want to change your ego your name your whatever everything you're you're basically telling uh, i'm not satisfied with my ego and that's the ego's problem in the first place so basically if you want to change it it's not going to work anyway Mm -hmm. so i think that's the first realization would be uh it's nice to listen to this podcast but in your life stop bullshitting and just live your life and whether you fall on your face fall on your face and and there's no there's no way around it there's there's no way to cut corners there's no shortcuts here Mm -hmm. that's why that and that's why i'm doing my job so the only way to do this is to to crack open your ego and, and and to do that, you need somebody outside, like you need somebody else besides yourself, basically. Yeah. Then you need at least three days to cool off the brain, to cool off the yeah, all the 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 how do you call it? The um, the reptile part of your brain mm-hmm. where the fight and flight mode is all that the witch is on all the time. If you can quiet this down, then we're able to make a change. Mm. So that's why my job is still, still pretty, uh, pretty useful. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And like you said, your, your job where you actually get both on the same level. I I really like that where you're stripping away the labels and that might take, you know, hours just in itself to actually strip away the labels and get to that point. So, so just, just expand on that. How does your, your coaching process work? Do you sit with someone for like three full days or does it all vary depending on the athlete and where they're at? So how does it work when you do really get into the detail with your clients?
1: uh yeah i depend the funny thing is it mostly depends on the age of the athlete okay because the younger you are your ego is not that fixed yet Mm -hmm. like for example if if a five-year-old is working with a is playing with a car and i take his car he's going to be offended for two seconds and then he finds something else and 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 nothing ever happened but Mm -hmm. if but if you take uh take something from an adult he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna call you an asshole for the rest of your life you know Mm so like the ego has been more fixed and more tied and more rigid with a with a a adult so for me it's always three days of work Mm -hmm. but with with the younger the people are the easier the easier it works i mean there's always some theory theory involved because you need to understand where we're gonna what we're going about we're going Mm -hmm. on about once, once you had the theory done, then with 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 younger people, it's, it's so much easier because they're just that not that. I don't know what what the English word would be, but just that rigid... attached attached to it, maybe. Yeah, mm, yeah, exactly. So, and so so they don't need much losses before they're able to self reflect. So the mm-hmm. older you get, the more losses you need in order to be able to. Okay, I'm gonna give up the fact that that I'm that I'm right, or the fact that I'm the one who's always who always has bad luck, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna actually look in the mirror and think like, okay, maybe. If the bad luck is not, if I'm the real problem, then why is it always me who has this mm, bad luck? Mm. And um,
0: how do you then send people out into the world? So you've had your three days with them. You've had your intense training, I suppose. Yeah. What, what do you ask them to do? Like, like what, what lens are they now looking, looking through at for the rest of their life?
1: I mean, like the only thing we like, what I, what my goal, I mean, obviously I'm still going to be there because, like, you're still going to fall on your face. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not God, you know. <laughs> so, so, but now, but what we do in these three days, we just change the fishbowl or we change the matrix. And then you just go back into the world and you live your life. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you feel like, oh shit, my matrix, doesn't suit me anymore i'm i'm st- I'm still making i'm still the problem to so many mistakes mm. then that we, that we go back and, and and we do the work again
0: nice nice yep make, make make sense and it's that i suppose it comes down to heightened self-awareness because it's the thing you know with some of the people i work with it, it, they can understand it but then when I see them again, a week or two weeks later, they've just gone through life and had no self awareness. They almost go, Oh, I forgot to do that. You know? And it's just like, well, dude, like if you're not going to do the work, it's, it's not. And again, that, that, and then, yeah, I think heightening self-awareness is, is such a key thing, isn't it? And, and, and just with yourself and your clients, how do you help them heighten their self-awareness if that's something that you do do?
1: I mean, I mean, for me, it just makes it, it's, it's very easy. I mean, you just make them aware of, of the pain. Okay. like if you lose a match you feel shit and i'm such a loser and uh, i need to train harder and oh my family thinks i'm a screw up. you know whatever thoughts like we all know it when you, straight after the after the moment you lost there's all these thoughts going through your head like oh, i'm shit and, and all that stuff mm-hmm. and the more it hurts and I, I just make them aware of how much it hurts yeah, And then, yeah, as, yeah. As, like i said if it hurts enough then mm-hmm. they thinking, like, okay, I've had enough of this. You know, mm-hmm. life is supposed, isn't life supposed to be fun? Especially, mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds a bit, bit strange. But like, the funny thing is, if I look on Facebook, I see all these, and I'm not saying they're like, um, they're like a, 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 a correct picture of of how life is over there. But mm-hmm. you see all these, everybody who goes to Africa, for example, or you see these dancing kids in Africa, or you see them, and I think like, Jesus, these guys are so happy. Mm-hmm. Or I went got to, nothing. <laughs> yeah, they got nothing. I went with my mom. I went to India for a round trip for three weeks, and I was there, and I was thinking, like, Mom, I, I want to give my watch to some poor guy, and I we need to get some Indian uh, rupees, and we, I want to give give away rupees to people. And I was actually with the arrogant <laughs> pre assumption mm. that that these guys are less happy than me because they're not as wealthy as I am. <laughs> but then I go to the countryside, and there's this guy who made who made his house. I mean, I wouldn't call it a house, but it was a. It, it was just like a, a small pile, and he he was like in his best English. He was telling me very proud that this was his house. It was made out of horse shit. Wow. And it's like it was like maybe four, four, four square meters, hmm. and this is the kitchen, and the kitchen was just a hole in the floor, and and that's our sleeping room, which was the same room, but then just the other side of the four square meters. But this guy was so proud and so happy that I, that I was really like I told my mom as well. I was like. Jesus, mom! This guy just gave me the best lesson in life. Like, we we are in this arrogant assumption that the Western world, with all our developments and our wealth and stuff, that 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 we're actually the guys. You know, we are the guys who understand life basically. And then you mm. go there, you see somebody who's truly happy without anything. So, so mm. I think in the Western world, we we start to forget that life is supposed to be fun, regardless of, of whether there's rain or there's sun. It's supposed to be fun. Look mm. at kids. Mm. You know, kids are having fun. I mean, they cry once in a while, but most of the time they're having fun. And I think that's the premise of life. And if if you forget that life is not supposed to be hard work, mm. life is not supposed to be a struggle. Life is just supposed to be something fun and to be celebrated. And I think if you can remind people of that, then the struggle and all the hard work is not that self-evident anymore. Mm. You know, that it's like, why are you doing a job that you don't like? Uh, well, yeah, because I need to earn money. Well, I mean... <laughs> do
0: you yeah do you really yeah it's it's you've you've surrounded yourself with the trappings of wealth and you you kind of live live with that and um that's a phenomenal story by the way thank you for sharing that um and it does it keeps you quite quite grounded have you um have you read shantaram there's a book called shantaram um it's a a true story about a a a new zealander who's a who's a who's a criminal in new zealand in prison broke broke out of prison in new zealand and fled to live in the slums in Delhi and basically completely changed his, his viewpoint of, of life and going, he went there to kind of do more crime and sell more drugs and that. And when he met the people, like said, like, like what true groundedness was, what true kind of essence of life was, it completely changed the way he looked at things. If if you've been to India, it's, it's one of, before I went to India, someone said, read that. Yeah. And, every t- and it's like it's one of the best books. Because it describes the the people and the and the nature and the beauty and the the kind of the attitude, almost a similar to the story that you just said. So it's a really big thick book, but it's phenomenal. I think you'll yeah. read it quickly. Shantaram. It's they've just made it into um, an Amazon Prime TV series, which I don't think I want to watch because the book itself was so beautifully yeah. written. So um, yeah. yeah. Um, and one one word you said there, which I just want to pick on, um, arrogance. Being arrogant where yeah. where does that align or where does that sit with ego because a lot of people think ego is arrogance or arrogant side of thinking where does arrogance come into things for you
1: uh for me if you talk about arrogance there's there's two kinds of arrogance basically the one kind of arrogance is the one uh where people are uh, like if somebody's arrogant there there's two sources or two reasons for being arrogant as as you call it um the first one is it's somebody who's trying to hide his insecurity, and the second one is just somebody who's just self-confident. So, so obviously, ninety percent of of arrogant people or ninety-nine percent of arrogant people are basically insecure people who try to be cool, um, and the one percent is just people who are who are self-confident. And mm-hmm. to be honest, nobody likes self-confident people, <laughs> because if they're so self-confident, then who am I, this insecure being? i'm already mm. you know i'm already thinking what to wear today and this guy just walks around like he doesn't care at all so i hate the guy because he looks better than you no know? <laughs> yeah it's so true mm. yeah. yeah so yeah, for yeah. me that, that's the, that's the two options if it's if it's if it's coming from uh, insecurity then we then we have some self-reflection to do mm. if it comes from self-confidence then i'm just uh, hey good for you man enjoy life basically perfect
0: great really
1: good advice um
0: so I know I know we we've we've, had, we've gone really deep with this today, and there's a couple more quick questions I want to get from you because I've really thoroughly enjoyed sitting here and I'm sure the listeners are, are hopefully yeah. on the same journey with us. Um you work with some really, really top clients, top professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the common habits and behaviors you notice with successful clients? What, what do you what do you see that they do really well and that's very common with them, do you think?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So just maybe one step back. Like I think like we we were like if I'm watching the clock now, we're always almost running for an hour now. I think we've been quite, quite um, uh, how do you call it? Quite complex, quite, uh, quite uh, abstract in in, mm-hmm. our, in our discussions. So I feel like if there's a need for a more practical point of view, we we can always do that in the future, of course, right? So it's it's, it's basically dependent on what your listeners are looking for. So if you get feedback on that side, then we're obviously able to do that. Um, but getting back to your question, I feel like what the question was like, what makes these guys stand out? Was well, What it- what
0: are the common habits and behaviors um, yeah, yeah. yeah of, of of high performing people who are successful? And, and again, definition of success is contextual, but you, you know, people who are successful, what are they, what are they performing on a regular basis? Do you think?
1: Yeah, I think like uh, for me, I think they're very self-centered. People might call it egoistic as well, but first of all, self-centered in the sense that uh, they, they, they 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 put themselves over a lot of people, mm-hmm. which might be seen very negative, but that's what you need to do if you want to be a pro athlete. And they're self-centered in the sense that uh, I am able to determine my 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 path basically. So it, it doesn't matter whether it's rain, it's raining outside, or whether it's minus five degrees outside, I'm still gonna run. You know, so they don't they don't make their their training or their performance dependent on external factors. They always try to look like be in control. I mm-hmm. the things I can control. You know they're out of my control anyway, so I'm not going to whine about them. I'm just going to focus on what I'm able to control. So that's one of them. I think the second thing is 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 a is a unbelievable commitment, mm-hmm. a commitment to your goal. And the commitment is, if you see the top of the top guys, like with with normal people, like for example, my example is I'm I'm currently I'm I'm always testing myself. I try I, I try to challenge my mind. So so one of the challenges I'm doing is like I'm trying to not eat sweets and and and, and bad stuff for a month. You know, so I'm committed for a month and it's, that's already tough sometimes, <laughs> Yeah, but these guys are committed for at least 10 years of time. So wow. we're yeah. not talking about sweets for not talk, not eating sweets or chips or whatever for a week. We're talking about as an example, in this example, not eating uh, sweets or chips for 10 years of time. Mm. So the commitment they have is, is it's such such a long term commitment even on good days even on bad days even on even after 5 years they're still after a loss next day they're still back in training again
0: nice nice really really well said so yeah so karen you're going to say something else i think or i no? mean i mean there's yep. there's
1: several uh, yeah. several characteristics right so i had two two more because you asked me uh, you, sh- you showed me the questions before so mm. i had not thought about it. it's not Good. like it's coming straight from my mind so there's two more that i that i came up with beforehand like the one is also like the, the openness and the willingness to learn mm-hmm. so you see that either there's very self-confident they have a high belief in themselves so they don't need other opinions and the other half of athletes is, is very open to whether you're whether you're world number one or not you're still open to new inputs from other people and you're still self-reflecting whether that might be a better solution mm, I like a that. lot of people think tips or advice are like a criticism or like oh he's helping me because I'm not good enough yet or because I'm doing something wrong no they're coming from a point of view oh interesting somebody's sharing his his knowledge with me and I'll see if I can can yeah, use it to, yeah use it for myself. Mm-hmm. and the last one which is for me the most important one you're never like the commitment is only possible if you're super i mean i have to use the word fucking passionate about something <laughs> like, if, if you're not as fucking passionate about soccer or squash or or i don't know gardening or whatever you want to do if you if you don't have the passion you're not gonna you're not gonna last anyway you know you're not gonna be able to commit yourself for at least 10 years to, to some cost 24 7 so so I think the first thing is always to look in the mirror and and, and ask, am I really that passionate about it? do I really love my sport or my job that much? Mm-hmm. And you'll see that everyone who reaches the top is always loves it. It's, it's like they're calling basically their life destiny, basically. Nice.
0: And they're probably not so um not so caught up on the external validation on on the gold medal the trophies the success that's a byproduct of the passion they're doing anyway isn't it that that's kind of what yeah, I, mean, I mean
1: i mean sometimes the athletes forget about this so mm. so yesterday for example i still had the call with one of my players and i i had to make him realize like dude i know you're 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 in the final now and you want to win the final but to let's be honest you, you're doing don't forget you're doing this since you're six years old because you you fucking love it mm. and then, then he he's like oh yeah geez I was so caught up in in wanting to win and wanting to be successful that I forgot that this is actually my passion you know so sometimes you have to remind them but in the background this passion is always there
0: brilliant yeah yeah and again that's 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 powerful it's that intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation you know extrinsic is there yeah winning that final and and kind of seeing yourself in the world so you can post on instagram okay that might help but intrinsic is is what like the child's mind the the, the mind that you got into the sport or your passion your gardening whatever you yeah. did with at that beginning. And, and that's a real powerful message. So um, awesome. Bob listen, I, I think maybe a real good place to finish if, if you haven't already, but was there maybe like, uh, actually, I want to go back a quick step. Thank you for yeah. kind of saying that actually listeners that, that, if we want some more practical tools, um, you've been very kind to kind of say that. Actually, that's something we could look at at some point. So anyone listening that, that has found this useful, please do get in contact and say, because if we don't know that people are liking this and want to go further, we won't do much. But um, yeah, I, I really think that could be a good thing. So thank you very much for saying that. So I just want to reiterate that to anyone yeah. listening. Um, but yeah, like as a final message, maybe based on what we've spoken about, what you'd like to leave the listeners with, there's been so many great topics. And I can imagine going back and listening to this a couple of times, you probably learn more every time, but was there maybe like a final message or a couple of messages that you could go, wow, the listeners can go away saying, yes, I I feel really, you know, I've kind of got this concept of ego and maybe superficialness or, or just anything
1: positive yeah Yeah. obviously I thought about this one as well because mm-hmm. I mean it sounds a very spontaneous conversation, but I did prepare it a bit, of course. that's good um I I think the most important I mean the most important thing for me that that if if I could get a message across is like be be honest about to be honest, I don't think one of us and this is a quite a bold statement and I'm not able to explain it well because we're running out of time. but um I don't think any of us is authentic. And, and I'm I'm not going to discuss whether this argue this statement is true or not mm-hmm. but so for me I think the greatest gift you can give yourself and other people is be be honest about the times you're not being authentic and uh, so for example the one example is that's why in the beginning I mentioned I'm a bit nervous for this podcast because that's me being authentic. honest I I, yeah. I could not share it but that's that's the real me that's what I'm experiencing in that moment so 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 to to put it in, in one line, I'm. I mean, I'm a mental coach. I have some experiences in this work, and I talk to a lot of people. And I think the main message I want to give the listeners: don't be fooled. We're all fucked. <laughs> like it's Love not it. you. Who, you're, you're you're listening, right? You're listening because you think like I'm still struggling with nerves and whatever problems you have. I can I can assure you, all of us share the same problems. We might not show it because on Instagram we show a different story. But don't worry, the problems you're dealing with. It doesn't matter whether you're Chinese, whether you're European or whether you're African, we all share the same problems. So in that sense, that's, Life that's okay. the main thing. I just want to comfort my our listeners that you're not, spe- you're not special. You're not a problem child. No, we all go through these problems. We all fight with our wives. We all feel shit when we lost, you know? So, mm-hmm. so in that sense, we're all the same in, in that sense. And don't, don't think like you're worse off than, than the guy listen like the guy talking here as a mental coach and thinks he knows it all.
0: Brilliant. Wow, that's awesome, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna be walking through my next few days just like with this massive awareness. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna WhatsApp you in a few days when I'm sitting on a park bench, like and sold all my possessions and just kind of the meaning of life.
1: Don't do that, man. Don't do that.
0: <laughs> no, I won't. I won't. Hopefully, but I, I like that authenticity is is a really really and just be honest about that authenticity and and again maybe you know I'm similar age to you maybe at at this kind of age. We can be more comfortable with that, can't we? And, and, you know, I wish I kind of heard a message like this when I was in my mid-twenties, when maybe I was doing things for others or whatever it was. So yeah, any any hopefully younger listeners that are struggling with that, uh, it's such a beautiful final message, authenticity. Um, so, Bart, where can people find you? I, I always like to kind of close the show with that. Um, if people want to know a little bit more about you, if they actually want to get in contact with you, what's the best place they can kind of find you if, if they want to seek out to get some work from you or whatever that may be?
1: Uh, I mean, for me, it's always like if you really want something, you know how to how to make it work. Like you got to me somehow also. Right. So if yeah. people want to want to want to find me, they'll find me. Uh, but if, if they're a bit lazy and they want to have a shortcut, I mean, they probably can just contact you because you have my my phone number and and they'll find, then you can make the connection basically. Perfect, great, I love that. I love it. Give them a little bit of a, a challenge to find you. Yeah, Don't exactly. It I love. It. He's I not mean, on social media. It's hard to find. I love it. <laughs> I mean, they, they, and it's also good to get some feedback on your your podcast, right? So perfect. And they have to reply to you or wherever you post this podcast. They have to reply there, and you get some interaction going on with your listeners as well, which Amazing. might be good thing as well. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Well, no, the great great final message, and like I said, any listeners that have enjoyed this, thank you for listening listening so far. We've gone really deep with this, but I've thoroughly enjoyed this, man. This has been a great chat and definitely what <laughs> I'm going to be listening back to a couple of times and reflecting on a few things. So thank you for your time today. Good luck. I know you're doing some Ironman training you shared with me before. So good luck with that. And listen, hopefully we'll speak again soon and get, and get into the practical tool side of things also.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Sounds good, man. Thanks a lot. It was great being here. <laughs>